We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting there. Super hyped about it. Okay. Colonization is one that way. Interesting. Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Our Way. It's the 13th of April, 2021. I'm Flo. I'm Sam. And today, I think, Sam, you said you had a question for me today. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, I think I saw this question in one of uh, a YouTube a YouTube channel. It's called this guy called Sneeko. Um, not sure if people know him. Kind of sometimes can can kind of be kind of be controversial, but I like what I like his I like his work. But anyways, the question that he asked was, um, "Do you think billionaires should exist?" And I wanted to know your thoughts on it. What do you think? Should billionaires exist? Um, The first thing that comes to mind is, so if they do, I don't Mm -hmm. understand what's the consequence of them existing. Mm -hmm. And I also would like to understand whether is it, is it, um, is it comparable whether does the question begs also should trillionaires exist? Or should millionaires exist, and whether there's an actual difference and in differentiation in billionaires in particular mm-hmm. existing? Um, so I think the argument is because uh, because he asked this question. This he's he's from the states, right? And the <laughs> the average um, income for a full time worker in the states is, I think, in the low thirty thousands. So, if the average, yeah. if the average um, American is earning a thirty thirty, let, let's say thirty five thousand dollars a year, yeah. mm-hmm. why should billionaires and they're str- and they're, of course they're struggling because thirty thousand is pretty hard to raise a family with, like all the living expenses, et cetera, et cetera. Billionaires should not exist because they should just donate the ec- excess money that they don't quote unquote need to those who actually, quote-unquote, need it. You mean to lessen the income equality? Yeah, lessen the disparity, yep, pretty much. Okay. Uh, I don't see how... I, I can see the argument in terms of the distribution of power. Um, obviously people who have acquired more wealth have more purchasing power, have more authority, have more influence and things like on how things run in the world because whether we like it or not, money does run the money to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's a bad thing that they exist because if you think about it this way, well, this is my opinion anyway, um, if there was a cap to how much one could earn, that's like capping someone's potential. And and you, not even just as an individual, but if you're talking about getting rid of billionaires and up completely, that's co- capping an entire society. Okay. So people, so people strive for better more and more and more because, you know, there's we, we reach new heights, new levels. Um, whether we do it in new different ways, um, getting more creative in how we acquire wealth or build wealth, 
Um, but I think if we were to cap that and say like, okay, congratulations, you've hit the XXX dollar amount. Um, now from anything else that you make from now on, we'll go back into society, whether mm -hmm. you like it or not. Then your motivations as, a, as an individual will change completely. You're hoping that the person will have a very philanthropic um, kind of personality where they, they are pro on the side of giving back to the community and helping society and things like that. So that it will continue the same effort into building that said wealth or for the future or for the benefit of future generations. Whereas this is actually not the case for every single human being. So the, I think, I don't know whether that will actually really, really work. And then in the end, I think it could actually play to the detriment of the society if we cap people. Okay, so I much play devil's advocate here because I'm not sure what I think about about this question. I don't have a um, definite answer, but yeah. I think I know the both sides' um, arguments well enough to play devil's advocate. But yeah, anyways. Okay. Um, okay. So to counter what you've just said, mm -hmm. let's say what would you propose to be the cap if you? you were to put a cap. Oh, wait, I should propose, right? Because I'm playing the yeah. other side. Let's yeah. just say a billion dollars is the cap, right? Okay. One, any one person can make up to a billion, you can have a, up to a billion dollars of net worth. And then whatever you earn after is, is don immediately donated and immediate, immediately taxed and given like, and redistributed. The argument is like it's pretty hard to make a billion dollars, right? Like, how many billionaires do you know out there? It's like zero point zero zero one percent of the population. Mm -hmm. then, but at the same time, that was the same similar kind of statistic. You know, how many years before about millionaires? Hmm. So I guess what. Okay. That it's because there is this constant strive for more. And as well, there's also other fundamentals and that. Then how about. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Sorry. I cut you off. Oh, okay. Um, there are other fundamentals that I, I guess come into play in terms of the assessment of what a billionaire is mm -hmm. the assessment of personal wealth. So it, does that mean. So what happens if someone owns a company? And the company makes more than a billion dollars type thing. Um, but you own shares of a company, right? And if the shares with a... Yes. You know, you then, that, okay. Then, then it comes down to, okay, so then it comes down to the valuation of how that cycle of valuation also works. So, so for example, if you, if you traded a public company and, you know, valuations change over years, when it hits a billion dollars, when it like hits over a certain market, um, you okay. had a good run for a quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so like, let's say I own X amount of shares in this company and it blew up and then it blew it's up like, day, yeah, day, day 34, it blew up and mm -hmm. your income is yeah. maybe like $10, but because of the shares are worth a hundred million dollars each and you mm -hmm. own 10. Or you yeah. own uh, like a thousand, 
Mm-hmm. Like, how are they going to tax that? It can't just completely tax the company down, right? Yeah, it's not even just tax, but okay, if you flip it from the, you know, how everything after a billion dollars you donate to mm-hmm. charities and things like that, from a charity operation point of view, does that mean that if that company in the next day loses, I don't know, 30% um, yeah. market value, does that mean that that 30% um, expected donation, quote, has to be rescinded and we, the charity now has to give back that 30% because the company is no longer worth that much mm-hmm. or that person is no longer worth that much um, because personal assets and everything, you know, people can be invested into markets, into businesses. So there's a lot of variables that I see playing there. Um, yeah, I don't know the... <laughs> hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't but know how to answer that question. That's okay. That's that's just something variable that I wanted to highlight. But yeah. um, go back it's, into your yeah. original headspace. Yeah. Yeah. So that is definitely a very a valid um, concern, a valid variable. Mm-hmm. But I think if we were to implement a cap for mm-hmm. everyone, let's say a billion dollars, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, they would be. Um, Changes in the structure of the stock market, et cetera, et cetera, and whatever systems to go against what you've just said to prevent anything from affecting the stock market, you know? Yeah. But anyways. Um, huh. What was my question? I, I had something in mind. Then we went, went down this tangent and I forgot. We- question was um should billionaires exist yeah and then you're playing devil's advocate against that i was saying that there shouldn't be a cap because once there's a cap on an individual's worth that's a cap on society and innovation and people striving to continue to make more and more or generate more or getting creative in the way that they create wealth yep okay It's kind of hard because I think I side with you more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm going to try my best. Okay. Mm. So I think still, I think the argument of, um, it's pretty hard to be a bit like billionaire. Still, the, the argument still kind of stands, right? So mm. because there's so many people out there and select, select few billionaires, do you think they should Okay, instead of maybe using the um, calculation of net worth, maybe income, how would that work? What do you think? Um, okay. Because be, being your net worth being a billion dollars and they're all just in shares and you can't, if you can't liquidate it, it's kind of means nothing, right? So you're talking about someone who has... A billion dollars liquid type thing. Yeah. Is that what people mean when they say if billionaires exist when they they, they say I don't I don't think so. I think well firstly, I just looked it up. In currently there's about like two two to three thousand billionaires in the world. Okay. Um and they make up a total net worth of about thirteen trillion dollars. So there's like 
Yeah, that's a lot of money. What's the GDP of the world? Oh, GDP yeah. of the world. 80, hold, 80 trillion. Right? Mm. Is that one, two, three, four, five, six? So, <laughs> Gotta count the zeros. Yeah, that's 80 trillion. Mm-hmm. So they they're a substantial percentage. A few thousand few thousand people. That's that's kinda crazy. that's kinda nuts. But this is also um people who have public net worth, I think. Yeah. So there are a lot of yeah. This is not including the ones who, who try and very, 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 very much hiding the fact how much how much they're yep. worth. Um yep. so it doesn't show up in G- GDP calculations anyways, right? So we can just disregard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a couple of things there. So one, if we're looking at the concept of redistributing wealth from really it's like, you know, the age old argument of like redistributing wealth from the wealthy and the rich to the to the poor, the less fortunate in a sense, right? And if you're looking at a society or how a nation runs, um, the the first example that comes to mind is kind of like, you know, whether you live in a capitalistic kind of structure or a more social or communist um, structured government or system or society. They operate very differently, but I don't think that they operate differently also for different cultures. Um, and that's what I mean by understanding motivations of how people work together and whether they're more driven for individual individual wealth and capital um, versus whether it's a very community-based upbringing culture. So there's that difference as well. Mm. Um, so, but I think all arguments really do come back to I. I see it from a psychological perspective as a whole society. If there's ever a cap introduced to how much you can earn, I don't think that'd be actually very productive or efficient. Mm. Mm. I mean, do you see any way that it would be? Like, what do you see the benefits of actually redistributing the wealth? Um... Taxing, taxing higher income earners and things like that, that's a bit different. But this is actually like introducing a cap. But remember, the question originally was billionaires exist. billionaires exist. I don't so, think you can stop them from existing. Okay. Um, what would be the benefits? Um, I think the immediate benefits that people would say is low-income earners would have, have an easier time. But mm. I don't know if that's true. That mm. could be a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you just raise everyone's buying power, mm-hmm. isn't that just going to inflate everything else? Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it becomes like the, there's that whole cycle of. Um, this is why like the inflationary rate is also important in interest rates and how economies work and how the government um, inputs uh, their policies to manage this cycle. Um, if, if the cost of living goes up too fast, 
then people will need to obviously pay more to survive. And in order for them to do that, they actually also need to like earn more. So there's a protest or a push for higher wages. Higher wages needs to come out somewhere in the company's pocket, and they so they'll up the price of goods. And then up upping the prices of goods causes up going the cost of living, and therefore the cycle kind of goes round and round into a spiral. But that's a very like rudimentary kind of view on it. So I don't see as cat like if billionaires whether billionaires exist or not don't really affect that. Um, like I said before, I think that what the main difference is their power to influence certain things happening. But even then, it's also very much regulated by governments. Billionaires are individuals' wealth, not someone who's taking care of society as a whole. Mm. Mm. So the government is the body that, you know, regulates how much the distribution of wealth is going around, um, how the economy is doing, taking care of its people, its industries. And making sure everything's running smoothly at a healthy enough pace. I guess what could be a better system to look at things is um, the importance of money. So, if you're looking at like uh, how people view and uh, come up with ideas with innovation and how to better our society for future generations, you can have a look at. Uh, ways of improving quality of life itself, but not from a monetary position. Does that make sense? Please explain again. <laughs> okay, so if people, if there was a more of a educational push instead of um, worrying about, you know, how much money we can make, what's the best way to. Um, increase profit margins and you know hit revenue numbers year on year because obviously you know a lot of businesses that's how they run operate and that's their focus their bottom line if there was a pivot to how business operate in terms of the importance of you know corporate social responsibility the environmental impacts and things like that if those were raised um, standards and priorities then innovation would still be able to come through without being totally focused on the financial impact. So it's a a priority shift, or you can call it a mindset shift of how one operates and um, the goals of of businesses and governments as well. Um, Okay. So I think some people would argue... uh, otherwise though like how they they would argue that um the way that it is right now is is more beneficial than pivoting our focus to purely like environmental wellness um, environmental well-being um and education because that's the essence of the essence of like capitalism is like competition drives growth, right? And growth equals more like efficiency. Efficiency be- equals um, better products and services 
using mm-hmm. less less inputs for more outputs and mm-hmm. yeah so do you yeah. follow am i yes. making sense yes you are and i do so, agree with that but it's it's then it comes down to okay who are the heads of these companies or businesses who make like all have all the purchasing power or the wealth in a sense and then which direction that they're taking mm. So it comes down to, you know, what the initiatives and what the values that they hold, that they're leading. Are they focusing on things that will benefit future generations or are they purely capitalizing on, you know, human behavior? Mm. This is such a hard question. (laughs) It is. Because, like... We can continue down this this tangent, but I think a a talking point of this this these discussions that I don't think gets brought up enough is the the point of intention. Like, yeah, a lot, there's a lot of good people out there with good intentions that they want to make the world better, but intentions and the results of the the result the result of their intention are could are two very different things. I could. I get like if you ask me if I want world peace, etc. cetera, like no no pollution, etc. Um, no pollution. Um, what like what like Zero poverty? Yeah, exactly. Things like things yeah. like that. Of course, I would say yes. Like my intent is, I think is good. Mm-hmm. But the solution, uh, the the how of uh, achieving all that that I would propose could lead to um alternate alternate results results that i don't want to happen like it could make things make things worse for for example um i think it's one of the scandinavian countries or i know this country is in europe i forgot exactly which country they wanted to change all their energy um energy production to like to uh Green energy. You know, yeah, to green energy. So they switched off all their coal coal power plants and put everything into um, solar energy, wind energy, uh-huh. hydro, etc. Uh-huh. And they realized that that could that couldn't sus- they didn't plan well enough. It couldn't sustain their energy usage, and they had to turn on turn back on the coal coal power plants. And because turning it off and starting them up needs a lot of energy they actually use way more energy than if they just left them on the whole time anyways so that's a i i feel like it's a great example of good intent and bad bad execution and when we're dealing with things like this massive in such a massive scale proposing these very one-dimensional um drastic changes drastic changes can have very big impacts that we will probably can't like we can't expect so, like, yeah, in, in saying this, like, of course, we have to try to make the world better, right? And I agree. And, yeah, but this argument that I just raised, you can use this argument for anything, for pretty much anything, you, because we don't know what we don't know in the future, right? So, 
I think I'm just talking in circles. <laughs> no, I think I get what you mean, but that comes down to also the, just the concept of trying. Um, mm. You can have good intent, but feasibility and the realistic elements of it. So even though there there are things that you want to achieve, like for let's just stick with the turning all energy sources green, right? Mm-hmm. The execution of that was probably not as planned or not didn't turn out as expected because they did not factor in how much they were really consuming and whether if they did the math properly, I'm sure they did do the math properly at the time, but talking about growing consumption and as well, like changes in behaviors, you know, for example, you know, with the pandemic happened. So I'm sure that energy levels, consumption levels changed drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of factors that you can't really foresee in the future. But I don't think that should really stop people from trying. If the intent is there and they want to do it, then you learn from the first failure. So, for example, the next country that wants to go all green will learn from whatever country that they that tried it the first time around and they had to end up, you know, turning back on and which ended up consuming <laughs> even more power. But it comes down to, you know, learning from someone else's mistakes. And I don't think it should necessarily stop be doing, but definitely a lot of planning and factoring and betting really needs to happen um, that things will pan out a certain way. Hmm. Fair. Mm. Because it's like energy itself, there's a lot of industries, actually every single industry will affect that space and how much consumption is so if they want to push up production in um, manufacturing for example that'll obviously you know heavily impact the energy space so and also being realistic that things change like priorities change of whether in a country itself but even just as like people you know the person who's running the the most the highest valued company in the world could have a completely change of heart in terms of the which direction they want to take a company mm. and that impacts a lot so it comes yeah it comes down to back in terms of what the priorities are but also knowing that the people who hold the largest wealth in the world usually are subjugated by a lot of other people's opinions um they usually aren't a sole owner of like who's the richest person in the world right now bezos musk Musk, one of them one of them yeah but if you think about it both their companies who contribute largely to their personal wealth or individual wealth is that's controlled by their shareholders so what direction they take, even if they have good intent, will also be dictated by said parties. Mm-hmm. Mm. So should billionaires exist? I don't think there's anything you can do to stop them from existing. I think there's a natural urge to earn more, surpass whatever has been done before, and that's that's a cycle of evolution. 
So I don't think you can really stop that. And then mm. next thing you know, in 50 years' time, it's should trillionaires exist? Um, mm. What if, okay, what if the it's a moving target? Let's say, however, we um, redistribute, like, let's say, like the cap thing that we introduced. Mm. What, like, let's just assume that it's it doesn't cause um, effects that, uh, like, ul ulterior effects. Let's just assume that, like, we have a foolproof plan that we can um, redistribute without other effects, okay? Um, and every 10, like, and the target, like, the cap is adjusted to inflation. What okay. do you think of that? Rephrase it again. So, like ten years ago, the cap would be like a like maybe like maybe a hundred or two hundred years ago, the cap would be no one can earn over a million dollars. Now it's a billion dollars, and it's just it's a moving target, pretty much. Does that make sense? I get that. Okay, mm -hmm. so just. But in general, it comes back to the fact that whether there's a cap or not, if there's a cap, then I think that's to the detriment of society because from a psychological perspective, it's you earn so much and you work so hard, then you have when you hit that mark, it's like, why bother working harder? Hmm. So it comes down to personal motivations and understanding how like society works. Um, I think what's probably more interesting to have a look at is what would it mean if we lifted everyone out of the poverty line, right? But then would the argument cool? come down to if we lifted everyone out of the poverty line, let's say the poverty line was like everyone earns over, um, uh, let's, let's just say 50K, like everyone gets 50K a year, woo, right? Um, and But that that itself kind of protects people from this is going to sound this might sound it, the concept comes down to like survival of the fittest <laughs> right it's understanding the kind of world that we live in today what we need to survive and then making sure that we take steps to survive if there's a cushion always underneath uh, there's two arguments it's one then you won't work hard at all because everyone will get paid regardless two um on the flip side like some people can argue that if there's a cushion or a safety net type thing then you'll be more inclined to push hard as high as you can go because you always will have a cushioning but then that just talking about that point goes back to our other conversations of struggling and the lessons that are learned through desperation, struggles, and falling through life. I don't think there's a replacement for those kinds of lessons if there's always a cushion there. Hmm. Okay. Then I think the... Um, argument against that is examples like the, the Scandinavian countries, right? They they have very high tax rates, and their income, their wealth distribution, 
Is the wealth gap very low? Let me look that up. Lowest wealth gap. Then I know what argument, I think I know what argument you're trying to make, but assuming that their wealth gap is smaller comparatively. Mm -hmm. So that I would say would work for that particular country and culture. My point before was that different cultures require different structures of how a nation operates because of the fundamental history of how that co that country was built the 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 perspectives and the desires of that particular general population is very different and the mindset is very different it's it's kind of like how you can compare um between asian cultures and western cultures eastern cultures um Middle Eastern cultures operate very differently. Some are more religious centered, mm -hmm. more um, obvious. Like, for example, Western societies are very capitalistic driven, more so. Um, whereas there's some Middle Eastern or countries that have a very high focus on importance on their religious beliefs, which make them form more of a different kind of community. So this concept that works in the, this particular Scandinavian country would work there, but not necessarily work in every other environment because mm. people are different. Hmm. I don't know how valid that argument is, that counter argument is, because we've never tried, right? Okay. Then, okay, let me reposition it a different way. Would communism work in America? Or in Australia, uh, in Australia. I, I don't want to go go there. <laughs> like communist, yeah. I don't want to. We've agreed to not talk about politics, and this is yeah. very like on the edge. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. This, okay. this billionaire but... topic is already on the edge. If we, <laughs> if we acknowledge the existence of, uh, acknowledge communism in our um. Okay. Discussion. Okay. We're stepping back. We're stepping back. Yeah. But, but okay, that... let's just. I think we've gone far, far enough. I think <laughs> pra practically, I practically, I to recap. Um, should billionaires I, exist? Should billionaires exist? I should. Um, I don't know. Um, practically, I don't think there's any way to cap to prevent billionaires from exist. I I agree with that. Mm -hmm. um there's there's a lot of psycho like psychological um implications of how people would manage their money if there was a cap let's let's say like people would um stop at like a, a very close number to a billion then they move their money some move their money or wealth somewhere else so they can't it can't be traced back to them oh, to them right or just distribute their wealth amongst their their friends and family and all of them can be 900, 900 millionaires instead of like, every. You're a millionaire. You're exactly. a millionaire. <laughs> exactly. You know, so there's a lot of implications in that. So I don't think we can stop billionaires from existing. Mm -hmm. But as just as a moral argument, should they exist? Do you want to tackle that? I'm not sure. Should this morally? 
Why does it matter? Why does it not matter? Well, first answer my question, why does it matter? Because whether a billionaire exists next door or not doesn't affect another person's morality. Mm. I guess the argument is um, people argue because there's so many people living in pov- like near poverty, um, they can't support their families, etc. The fact that that you have so much money and living in all this privilege is morally can be seen as morally wrong. But I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't agree with that argument. Just putting it out there first. Hmm. Is it morally wrong to be rich? Because that's the mm. fun. That's pretty much what you're asking. Mm. Is it? I don't. I don't see how it'd be morally wrong, especially if, like, yeah, I don't think it's because it's that argument is similar to like, oh, there are people out there without limbs. Yes, people who who have like us, like us, all these people with limbs should dedicate all their lives to making their lives better. Would that be comes down to whose responsibility is it to make things equal? But at the same time, it comes down to the luck of the draw, and that's life. That's the that's realistically what life is. It, it comes down to the yep. luck of the draw. You don't choose what family you're born into. You don't choose yep. what country yep. you're born into. What society? Um, then is, is it a moral responsibility for someone who was born in a lucky life to help those who were born in an unlucky life? Their prerogative. What do you mean? So that's their choice. It it comes down to so yet here you have to look at understanding of a person's motivations. If that person is feeling guilty because you know I've like I've been so lucky and blessed, um, and I that comes from like a pity factor mm. of of sympathizing with people who are less fortunate. And so to soothe that, they give back to communities, societies, charities, however, whichever way method possible, starting a foundation, scholarships, whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. So that comes, that comes down to also just satisfying, you know, and calming down that guilt per se, right? Is it, a more, is it a, an obligation for someone who is wealthy to give back that's really just up to them and whether they feel the need to or not um i think it can be definitely beneficial uh depending on the method like for example if they are introducing uh education equality i think that's a good initiative in terms of making sure that people have the same chances uh, to be educated and have the same access to education so they the, they themselves can educate themselves to make more money, make a difference in the world, um, become the rich person. Mm. Because that removes the whole, you know, what luck factor and what background you come from, right? So if so, regardless of what background you come from, obviously there are adva- advantages and disadvantages to whatever you drew. But if everyone has equal education, technically everyone has 
a bit more of an equal footing of a starting point. Then it comes down to the person's individual person's motivations and desires of what goals they want to achieve in life to get them to where they want to get to, to to lead a life that they want to lead to. Mm. The other thing as well, I think, to note is that how how much a person needs to live and be happy with is very, very different. I know people who are very happy living in a very comfortable lifestyle where they don't make they make just enough for themselves. Mm. I have other um, I've encountered other people who desire to you know hit the billion dollar mark, hit the trillion dollar mark. Um, so, how much a person needs to live also varies very very much. I'm trying to keep coming back to, is it a moral obligation for a wealthy person to give back to society? Yeah, no, I still stand by my answer. It comes down to what they, what their motivations and what they feel like doing, because it's entirely their choice, what they do with their money. Mm. What they see as important. So what values they hold. Are they um, doing things to benefit society in the future or future generations, for example? What values they that they hold to heart, like, for example, climate change, um, sea life, endangered species, preservation of human life, medical innovation? Yeah, yeah. I think... I think I agree with you most most of the most of the arguments you've raised I mostly agree, mostly agree with you. It's maybe it's because we've come from a similar background. It'd be interesting to bring someone else on that it's not from a like from the opposite like not not from a similar background to ask their opinions on this. Yeah. Imagine like understanding some like perspectives that people I know and things like that so if if I needed to support a like my entire family or like a particular person who like couldn't make money on their own type of thing then then it would be very different it'd be like it'd be easier like my life would be easier if there was everyone lifted off was taken care by the government or something like that because then I would be able to focus on my own things rather than having to... There's it's a different psychological pressure, really. Mm. But I don't think that's the case for everyone. I think, you know, people who live on welfare, there's two sides of it. There are people who don't want to continue living on welfare and people who are very comfortable living on welfare. Mm. But you can't really factor in, you know... It's not one side fits all. If you live after, if lift everyone out of it, then everyone's gonna want to push for more. Mm-hmm. Mm. True. It's kind of like if you keep giving something to. Um, it's kind of like like talking about like parenting and giving an easier life or sheltering mm. someone from negatives of life or struggles yeah. of life. For example, financial struggle. If someone is consistently being your income stream 
for your lifestyle, then you'll continue living that particular lifestyle. Yeah. Someone gives you a fish every day for the for ten years, then they suddenly stop. You'll be like, "Where's my fish? <laughs> how do I get? How do I fish?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, like, you think about um, uh, city birds, or in Australia's case, seagulls and things like that. You know, if it changes the way they live, the, how the species interacts with others. It's you know, humans are here and they have garbage and. They have, they have, in tourist places, they feed us. So we'll just keep coming back here and we don't yep. need to go back. Every time and... I go to Sydney, <laughs> I have to go to the fish, the city fish market. And I hate eating outside. There's so <laughs> many freaking birds. They just flock to, your, flock to your table and just try to steal your chips and your fish. Mm-hmm. And because that, because we don't, hurt them they Mm. they don't see a negative consequence of just stalking around us and annoying us but see that's just from the human perspective you're talking about from an ecological perspective it's like one the birds get fatter because they're eating foods that they're not actually meant to be eating they should be you know their normal diet is completely different Um, human food obviously has fats oils sauces tasties Mm. things like that um, and you don't even know whether they're, it's good for their system. But then, you know, through the process of life and how everything affects everything, the, the birds who usually are meant to be feeding somewhere else that kicks off that nature, I don't even, that process of natural evolution, that gets stopped there because, you know, we've disrupted that flow. All right. I think that's enough. Okay. What's up, this man? is too too many <laughs> everything tangents. Affects, everything affects everything. There's lots of variables. <laughs> like, the, yeah, this is. I I feel like a lot of these discussions always ends here. Like we don't know what how everything affects everything. If we knew how everything affects everything, we we would be gods, right? But I feel like because uh, it, a lot of the discussions end here. Mm-hmm. It's so pointless. Mm. But so I think it's pointless because in the end, it's exploring ideas, and you know, there's there's different pieces of information that come through. You know, every year we know more than we did the year before. Mm. Um, every ten years, we can see how a society has grown versus the decades before, and then kind of learn and change perspectives because there's new information coming through. So I don't think there's anything wrong with discussing yeah. it. Um, and as well, you know, we never, you never know the next time that we do talk about this, you know, we actually know that's not true. That's talking about completely different decade away at least. Um, but the tr- questions might change. And mm. I think that's what's important. The, the question, like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, people wouldn't really be asking the question, should billionaires exist? Okay. Fair mm-hmm. enough. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think we'll leave it there. And I know everyone, we did mention in last week's podcast that my other friend will be coming on for this week's one, but actually that one will be on the next one. So we're very excited to have her on. I'm very excited anyway. I love it when Sam meets more of my friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm pr- pretty 
particularly more excited about this next guest because sneak peek we're going to talk about parenting and i think i would want to be a parent but from the parents that i've spoken to recently it doesn't sound that as fun <laughs> because you get so busy with work and and taking care of your child and you just don't have time for yourself and, and yeah. Yeah, but yeah all of that we'll, anyway, save, it for next we'll save it for next week yes <laughs> until right, next week mm-hmm. see ya see you in the next one Bye. See ya.